0: Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Residents oppose anaerobic, anaerobic uh, digester by Joanna K. Zavallis. The Selectman meeting room was standing room only Monday night as residents from the neighborhood surrounding the town-owned land on the former incinerator site waited for the discussion on results of a feasibility study on one of the final five uses being considered an anaerobic digester. On November 5th, Selectman approved spending $8,250 on a feasibility study for a commercial-scale food waste anaerobic digestion facility at the Concord Avenue landfill site formerly the town's incinerator site. The facility would accept organic materials and break them down without adding oxygen. The process generates methane, which is natural gas, that is burned to generate electricity. Residue from the organic materials, after being digested, are removed from the site for reuse. An anaerobic digester is one of the remaining five post-closure uses selectmen are considering for the 25-plus acres of land, which consist of two parcels, land formerly used to incinerate waste in Belmont and currently used for public works material storage. The other uses are open space, a bike and skate park, solar storage or a solar farm and a hockey rink. Selectman Adam Dash said that uh, there is a need to make a decision on post-closure use by May. Bruce Haskell of Langdon Environmental, the consultant for Belmont, reviewed the results of the feasibility study for an anaerobic digestion facility And according to Haskell, to be profitable, the facility would need to receive 200 tons of waste daily. He said he estimates the town would have 20 to 30 large 18-wheel trucks making 40 to 60 trips daily to deliver and pick up from the site. Potential benefits would be a tax payment of about $600,000 annually. He said the town would also profit from a lease payment of about $50,000 annually. Electricity generated would be sold at 11 cents per kilowatt hour based on the green rate Belmont Light has. He said the town could also avoid tipping fees if curbside collection could be done. The facility would be about 30 feet tall and require uh, permitting from the Massachusetts DEP, local permitting from the Conservation Commission, Planning Board, and Zoning Board of Appeals. Several residents, including Tag Romney, son of former uh, presidential candidate, former Massachusetts governor, and junior senator from Utah, Mitt Romney, spoke in opposition to the anaerobic uh, digester. Former selectman candidate Guy Cabanon questioned the board if they asked town council if they would, con- would they defend a lawsuit against the anaerobic digester. I couldn't believe when I read this that a board of selectmen with pulsating brains would consider this for a location. Just think about the money. Maybe uh, you ought to look at a marijuana emporium up there. It would be all green. It would be beautiful. A big green field, he said. Amy Tannenbaum suggested the hockey rink would be a better option for the former incinerator site and a better location than the current high school campus due to the amount of additional traffic, parking problems, and accidents it would create in town. Haskell said it would cost about $25,000 to determine the type of foundation needed to support a hockey rink built on a, built on top of a wetlands and landfill. Skating rinks have little tolerance for settlement, he said. He committed to try to find out if there was a company to conduct the test and provide an estimate for the foundation and will repro- report back his findings to the selectmen at the February 4th meeting. Selectman Vice-Chairman Mark Lilio said he would be in favor of spending $25,000 on test borings. Town Administrator Patrice Garvin said there is money in her budget to cover the cost of the testing. Selectman Tom Caputo also asked Director of Community Development Glenn Clancy if the town could conduct additional traffic studies for both potential hockey rink sites the current location on the high school campus and the former incinerator site to determine the impact a rink and a half would have on traffic. Dash said that he hopes all will be, all the information he will, they will need, boring test results, traffic study results, to make an informed decision about the final option for the former incinerator site at the March 18th meeting. And now over to Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. Residents weigh in on the rink. There are two sites in the town is considering for the new rink, the high school campus or the former incinerator site on Concord Ave by Joanna K. Zuvalas. Belmont is preparing to send out a request for proposal for a public-private partnership to rebuild the deteriorating Skip Viglerolo skating rink located on the Belmont High School campus west of Harris Field on Concord Ave. There are two sites the town is considering for the location of the new rink, the high school campus or the former incinerator site on Concord Ave. Each potential site has pros and cons, which were discussed at a community forum on January 22nd at the Beach Street Center. Close to 100 people attended the forum. Many were in favor of keeping the rink on the high school campus and rebuilding it through a public-private partnership. A few people, including Dante Muzioli, who coached hockey in Belmont for 40 years, were against the public-private partnership. The existing rink was built in 1968, originally as a tennis facility, according to Director of Community Development Glenn Clancy. The major issues it has today is that it is not in compliance with the Americans with Disabilities Act because the roof leaks, there is lack of insulation and energy efficiency. Birds and other animals are able to gain entry, and the building is not fully utilized. If a new rink is rebuilt in the same location or in the vicinity, there is the potential for the loss of field space left of Harris Field, which is currently used for junior varsity baseball and soccer games, according to Clancy. Residents weigh in. Ann Paulson expressed her concern about the amount of time a rink built with a public-private partnership would be open She referred to a public-private rink in Minneapolis she visited. It was a madhouse. Children were coming. Children were going. Children were playing. People were standing around eating. People were milling around. It's a whole different concept when you have that kind of rink where there is a coffee shop where people can sit and wait their turn. It's very, very different from what you have now, she said. She said if the town does decide to enter into a public-private partnership, the town needs to tell the developer what they want, including how late they want it open, how many days it will open. The town and the people in the town have to know exactly what are the parameters of a public-private partnership, she said. A hockey parent, Sarah Griffith, said she regularly picks up bird feces and nests when her children use the current rink, and said she advocates for the current location because of its walkability. Azra Nelson said she was concerned about the size of the project and starting a new construction project on the high school campus before the new school building is built. It seems to be very ambitious for how small the site is, she said. Nelson also questioned if the town would get to keep the user fees for town programs or if the user fees would benefit the private partner. Selectman Tom Caputo said the user fees and who would benefit would have to be negotiated in the final RFP. He also said the new facility would have to have enough square footage to create enough programming space to allow the developer to produce enough revenue to service the debt. Jane Autie said she was worried about losing field space, especially since two more grades are being added to the campus. She said she is in favor of rebuilding the rink on the former incinerator site because it would free up field space on the high school campus. She said due to the amount of equipment hockey players need, they are often driven to the facility, which is why driving to the former incinerator site wouldn't necessarily be an issue now over to Max
2: Thank you Claire CPA projects to be decided at spring town meeting by Joanna Kate Suvellis the Community Preservation Act Committee has approved six applications requesting a total of approximately 2.6 million dollars to be voted on by town meeting this spring Belmont Police facade. The application from the Historic District Commission and Public Works Police Building Committee for $787,575 to repair the exterior facade of the Belmont Police Station, roof, windows, stonework, gutters, trim, paint, etc., was recently approved by the CPA Committee. Clay Pit Pond Preservation and Restoration of Vegetation. The Belmont Conservation Commission's application requesting $20,000 for preservation and restoration of vegetation surrounding the pond, which will help manage non-native and invasive plants and restore historic views of the pond, has been approved. Rock Meadow Habitat Preservation The Belmont Conservation Commission's application requesting $25,400 to control non-native and invasive vegetation to help preserve valuable and unique grasslands and woodlands by reducing and eliminating noxious weeds has been approved. Community path design of Phase 1B. The application from Town Administrator Patrice Garvin on behalf of the Board of Selectmen requesting $1 million from the CPA committee to design Phase 1B of the Community Path project, Brighton Street to the, to the Clark Street Bridge, Creating a pedestrian and bicycle path that connects Belmont Center and the Fitchburg Cutoff Path on Brighton Street was approved. Townfield Playground Restoration Friends of Townfield Playground CPA application requesting $700,000 to update the existing playground with more modern accessible structures, as well as the basketball and pickleball courts, which are in disrepair, has been approved. Sixty thousand dollars for the design from the fiscal year 2020 budget, and six hundred forty thousand dollars for the construction f- from the FY 2021 budget. The Friends of Townfield Playground committed to fundraising thirty-eight thousand dollars. The park hasn't been updated since 1997 or 1998. Town Hall slate roof repair. Steve Dorrance, Belmont d- Director of Facilities, requested seventy-five thousand dollars. To repair the slate roofs on the on town hall, the school administration building, and the Homer Building to prevent water intrusion, which could compromise structural timbers and horsehair plaster. The application was approved. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. <clears throat>
0: Celebrating the Chinese New Year by Joanna K. Zuvalis. Hundreds of residents from all different backgrounds gathered together under the Chennery Middle School roof for the annual Chinese New Year Gala to celebrate the Year of the Pig on January 27th. The event was sold out with approximately 650 people in attendance. There were 200 performers, 40 vendors, and 150 volunteers. The event is organized by the Belmont Chinese American Association, which was founded in 2016 and has approximately 1,000 Chinese American Belmont residents. As member, She Yuan Fu, vice president of BCAA and director of the gala, was pleased with the outcome of the, of the event, which took more than two months to plan and implement. Ticket holders were able to enjoy a cultural festival inside the Chenery cafeteria and performances in the auditorium, which included dragon dancing, Peking opera costumes, traditional Chinese instruments, Chinese food, and acts. We are planning to do a similar celebration next year and will try to improve the overall experience more, in particular in the performance stage effects and richer cultural demonstration varieties, she said. Selectman Chairman Adam Dash was one of the many town officials who attended the gala, The Chinese New Year gala in Belmont is always one of the high points of the year. The large turnout, good food, and incredible entertainment makes for a great time. Belmont is honored to have a vibrant Chinese community. I wish everyone a happy, prosperous, and healthy Year of the Pig. And now over to my colleague Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. Three Graces, Iconography of the Feminine, exhibit opened February 3rd. By Rebecca Richards. In ancient Greek mythology, women played important roles as goddesses, nymphs, and graces. The most significant of these graces were the sisters Euphrosyne, Aglaea, and Thalia, daughters of the gods Zeus and Euryname, and companions to Aphrodite, also known as Venus, the goddess of love. Commonly referred to as the Three Graces, the women represented youth, beauty, charm, nature, creativity, elegance, splendor, and fertility, attributes that came to embody the ideal of feminine throughout history. The influence of the Three Graces as icons of female beauty through the ages is easily seen through the dozens of artistic portrayals of the women, including significant works by the early important painters. Botticelli, and Rubens. Often depicted as young women singing and dancing or lovingly encircled around each other, surrounded by plants and flowers. The Three Graces have also been captured more recently in sculptural works by 20th century female artists, Nikki de Saint falli and Louise Bourgeois. The Belmont Gallery of Arts, BGA, new group show Three Graces iconography of the feminine, featuring Massachusetts artists Cynthia Brody of Lexington, Julie Dapper of Belmont, and Susan Murray of Arlington, captures the essence of what the Three Graces and their characteristics represent as feminine ideals. But it also moves well beyond it. With over 40 works displayed, including photography, cyanod- cyanotype, collage, painting, and mixed media, the BGA's Three Graces takes a broader view of how women and what we think of as feminine, including nature, can be depicted. Powerful, luminous, and even forbidding. These modern icons celebrate women's struggle and desire to be seen as they really are. The three—the th- images in the Three Graces exhibit are strong, individual, powerful, even sacred, and yes, beautiful, while acknowledging that beauty can be interpreted in different ways. Three Graces artists, Cynthia Brody, Julie Dapper, and Susan Murray's art, is connected thematically through their subject matter of women and nature and the layers of meaning in each piece. But each artist has a clearly distinct style, both in materials used and in an individual approach to art making. Now, over to Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. Community Meets Belmont High Principal Candidates by Joanna K. Zovellis. There are two finalists for the Belmont High School Principal position who were introduced to the community this week. They were selected from a total of 23 applicants, according to Director of Human Resources for Belmont Public Schools, Mary Paterson. On January 22nd, there was a public interview for Isaac Taylor, the principal of North Middlesex Regional High School in Townsend, which has 812 students in grades 9 through 12. On January 24th, Olive Bradford, a principal apprentice at Prospect Hill Academy, a through K-12 school with 1,125 students, was publicly interviewed. Following the public interviews, parents were given a feedback questionnaire to complete about each candidate asking them about their favorable impressions, less favorable impressions, questions, concerns, and whether or not they believe the candidate is a strong match for the community, have mixed feelings about the candidate, or feel the candidate is not a match for the community. These feedback forms will be reviewed and considered by Superintendent John Phelan and Assistant Superintendent Janice Darius. All about Olive Branford. According to the Director of Human Resources for Belmont Public Schools, Mary Peterson, Bradford holds a master's degree in English Education from the Teachers College, Columbia University, and a bachelor's degree in English and American Literature and Language from Harvard College. She anticipates earning a certification in Education Administration from the Lynch Leadership Academy a Boston College in May 2019. Bradford is an experienced educator who began her career as an English teacher in 2007. Prior to becoming the Principal Apprentice for Prospect Hill Academy, she served as a Department Head and Assistant Principal. About Isaac Taylor. According to Peterson, Taylor is an experienced educator who began his career as an English and Psychology teacher in 2001. He has served as a Department Head, Assistant Principal, and for the past four and a half years as the Principal of North Middlesex Regional High School. His tenure at North Middlesex has involved coordinating the building and moving into a new school. Taylor has a master's degree in education leadership from Harvard University Graduate School of Education, a master's degree in education management from King's College London, University of London, teacher certification from Canterbury Christ Church University College, and a bachelor's degree from Harvard University Extension School. Taylor and Bradford will have their final interviews with Phelan and Darius on January 28th. Peterson says, She anticipates an announcement will be made on whether or not either candidate is offered the position by mid-February. Thomas Brough has been serving as the BHS interim principal since the summer. Over to you, Bob.
0: Thanks, Max. Resident arrested for fentanyl trafficking. Boss, uh, Belmont police detectives, along with their fellow members of the suburban Middlesex County Drug Task Force, arrested 29-year-old Albert Altfedler, of Birmingham, uh, of Burnham Street in Belmont, and charged him with trafficking 10 or more grams of fentanyl. After receiving several complaints that individuals were involved in street-level drug transactions in Belmont, detectives and members of the suburban Middlesex County Drug Task Force began to conduct surveillance in Belmont. After a lengthy investigation, a search warrant for Fedler's home was obtained. At 9 21 p.m. on January the 24th members of the task force along with Belmont police patrol division and Belmont police detectives entered Altfedder's residence where they discovered 13 grams of fentanyl along with other drug paraphernalia. Jennifer Francis age 24 was present in Altfeder's home at the time detectives and officers entered the home Francis of Danvers, Massachusetts, was arrested on two outstanding warrants for the charges of drug possession of a Class A drug out of Salisbury and an OUI for drugs out of Watertown. And now over to my colleague Claire.
1: Thanks, Bob. The Boat Show, coming to Boston in February. Board a 45-foot luxury yacht. Hop on, salt the life-size whale try your hand at interactive casting and cruise more than 600 of the latest boat models all under one roof as the 64th edition of the Progressive Insurance New England Boat Show presented by West Marine brings summer sailing back to Boston Convention and Exhibition Center February 9th through the 17th, 2019. Attracting more than 50,000 marine enthusiasts of all ages, the nine-day interactive educational and entertaining experience offers attendees a virtual tidal wave of activities, exhibits, boats, and features for every budget and level of interest. Now, over to Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. Belmont Doctor Accepting Sock Donations Dr. David Alper is accepting sock donations from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Mondays through Thursdays at his office, One Oak Avenue in Belmont. There will be a donation box in the waiting room for participants to donate new white socks of any size. Alper will donate all sock donations to Boston Health Care for the Homeless, an agency that cares for homeless individuals. For every two pairs of socks donated, Alper will add an additional pair. Boston Health Care for the Homeless will be contacted as donations come in, and the donations will be then distributed to the people they serve. Back to you, Bob.
0: Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you have enjoyed the show. We wish our Chinese listeners a Happy New Year, and we will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.